Welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. I am G. I'm here with Peter and Justin. Boys, we are post-Christmas. I'm still filled with festive cheer. I hope you all had a good holiday. Oh yeah, Holly and Jolly. <laughs> Holly, were you Holly and Jolly last time, Peter? He's booking. I'm always again. Holly and Jolly. I think, He's I think you were, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty good, despite the fact that. It seems like everybody that I know has uh, has COVID, but you know, otherwise, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's it's interesting. The Omicron variant is proving to be quite um, viral. It, it seems like I, I like like you just said, everybody I know seems to have gotten it as well. But I, I got it. Yeah, that's right. Peter got it. <laughs> I got it. I I survived. Peter survived gave, Omicron. Gave me but... a long week to catch up on a lot of gaming. It was great. That's good. That's good. Well, I hope everybody listening to this is is otherwise safe and healthy. Uh, but today we are going to dive into a recent uh, internet gaming controversy. Uh, as many are aware, they recently launched a new Halo game, Halo Infinite, uh, to much fanfare and much you know excitement. And there was a bit of a, a just as Peter put it earlier uh, while we were talking debauchery in terms of some of the items, uh, some of the uh, things in the game. So that's what we're going to talk about, because I think we all have different opinions about it. Peter, do you want to give us a quick overview of, of the issues? Yeah, so, you know, I'll start off with uh, Halo Infinite has, you know, um, been long awaited. So it's been seven years since we last got a Halo game, and that was Halo 5. And I can't explain as a diehard Halo fan how much hype and hope uh, the community surrounding Halo has had for Halo Infinite. And I, like many other fans, were ecstatic upon the December 8th release of the full game. However, uh, along with the release of Halo Infinite, there has been an utter hellstorm of controversy and Reddit's getting locked down, name-calling, all sorts of crazy articles being written. And, you know, it's kind of a really interesting thing because Halo is one of the, you know, sort of, uh, what's the word I want to use here? It's the prodigal son of Microsoft, right? It's what helped Xbox get its launch. It's been, you know, one of the peak Xbox games, uh, Xbox games for the longest time. And here we are, Halo Infinite releases December 8th. And everyone's just collectively losing their minds. Some people are dying, you know, for swearing that it's the greatest game ever. Some people are quitting early. And uh, that's why I wanted to just kind of get some of your guys' opinions on the controversy. Yep. I love a good I love a good video game controversy, especially when Reddit is involved. So <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Peter, the, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. The peak of this controversy was, in fact, the Halo Infinite Reddit getting so toxic that it got locked down for an entire weekend. Is this something that the mods of the subreddit did, or did Reddit themselves do that? Uh, well, that is, that's a good question. I believe it was the mods locking it down. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. But, uh, you know, in, in classic Reddit fashion, as soon as they uh, unlocked it, you know, that Monday after the weekend, immediately back to just full toxicity. It was so let's, yeah. So let's, let's do two things here, but let's, let's talk about 
like hit the reasons why the, the the Reddit got so toxic, and then let's also point out why the the mods felt necessary to lock down the subreddit. So we'll start off with uh, some of the early sort of issues that arose with Halo Infinite. So there was an open beta that came out about a month and a half before the full December 8th release. And in that open beta, there were a few concerns raised with certain gameplay systems within Halo Infinite. That includes XP challenges, playlist systems, and the shops. And people raised a few concerns, but overall the gameplay was so phenomenal that everyone was just still absolutely blown away everyone was still flying high and loving the gameplay and so all that stuff really wasn't you know at the forefront of the community and then once the full release came out that's when people really started to bring up some big time questions and make some ridiculous posts on reddit in classic you know reddit fashion and um i would say the uh really the catalyst for the lockdown was a now infamous post by one of the community man uh, managers named sketch seven he has a seven in his name but it's sketch you know how they do and um that was kind of the 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 tipping point for the toxicity and um it was wild i mean one of the i would say the three biggest things that people had an issue with were uh, the battle pass system was one of the most grindiest battle pass systems I've ever seen in any game. The shop is one of the most expensive shops I've ever seen in any game. And there are no, there are very limited earnable cosmetic items that you can actually earn <clears throat> outside okay. of the shop. Yeah. So, so those are like the three yeah. most. Let's dig into these three actually, because I, I think it's important to, to highlight some of the, you know, argument behind this, uh, so specifically the challenges. So in my reading of, of the uh, literature that you provided, uh, Peter, <coughs> the, um, the challenge, the, cha the concept of challenge swaps, uh, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it is, is you pick up a challenge and then you can purchase a challenge, what's called a challenge swap to actually change the challenge to something else. Now, when you do that, I have two questions. When you purchase the challenge swap, are you swapping it to a challenge that's easier or is it just a different challenge that may or may not be easier? It's random. Okay, it's random. It's completely random. And the second question I have is what is the cost? What is the what was the dollar amount associated with? You know, that's a good question. I think it's around four to five dollars. Okay. But you get a pack of swaps. So you get okay. like maybe so you, three. You to pay four. you pay like three or four or five dollars and you get like four or five, three or four or five chocolate. Okay. So I think, I think, I, I think, at least in my opinion, the concept around these challenge swaps, it's not necessarily, it, it's not necessarily that it's bad to be able to do that. Although it's kind of weird to me to like, why would you, anyway, it's all, it, it's all monetization. I think we should break into monetization topic, but I think the problem is at least one example I read sketch himself said in his post, one of the challenges he was trying to do was um to do uh it was an oddball challenge where he had to win like three of them except 90 percent of the time the game mode was not oddball it was something Correct. else 
and like he'd be playing for like an hour to you know hour and a half just trying to complete this one challenge and that's great that's pretty grindy um so i think i think and if my read of the situation is the problem with the battle pass system and, and the upgrade and the and the challenges was it's all really grindy and if you don't and if you don't want to play the challenge you can pay to, to change the challenge but it's like it became a pain point because a lot of people were paying to change their challenges and they weren't they were still having to grind or it wasn't that great of an experience or it was just way it was more than what the community had an appetite for correct and i'll also add that um you know sometimes these gameplay you know, systems are intertwined. And so they also created a playlist system at the release of the game that didn't allow you to choose what game modes you wanted to play. So it was completely random what mode you wanted. And then some of those challenges were game mode specific. And this is the first Halo in 20 years that you haven't been able to just choose your game mode, load into Slayer, and just have fun with friends. Okay, and I'm like... No, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. So, so like, if I understand it correctly, I mean, we're all Destiny players here. This would be a situation where you could literally just queue up only for Crucible. You couldn't queue up for Control or Mayhem or something like that, right? I mean, I would take it a step further by saying there in Halo, there's only campaign and multiplayer right now. So it's like if you loaded Playlist and you didn't know if you were going to get a Strike Gambit. <laughs> okay. And as right, someone yeah, that, who that, hates that's Gambit, rough. that's rough. You know, you get a game mode that you really don't <laughs> like, and you're just pulling out your hair. So I have a okay. So I have a I have a problem with one aspect of this argument, uh, with with the, the playlist argument, and I and I want to make sure that we accurately state the argument before I air my grievance with it. Um, the argument, as I understood it, was in the old Halo. Halo games, you were able to select any any playlist and just go straight into it. Correct. And that the game developers, um, three four three industries in this case, um, knew how beloved that that you know process was, and they intentionally removed it from the game. Well, that's that's kind of the question, right? And that's I don't know if we'll ever have a concrete answer about whether it was an intentional or not. Um, but I have my suspicions. I think a lot of community members have suspicions because, you know, from my point of view, every single system that they created for the multiplayer portion of Halo Infinite is built around the battle pass, which I get, you know, if you're trying to make a fun battle pass system, you want to have everything kind of intertwined. But this was like a horror story version of a battle pass where everything was built to make it as grindy as possible. And that's where a lot of people had suspicions that the playlist changes were made to make it more grindy. Yeah, I, I guess the problem I have with that argument is like, this is a new game. Like I get there's a lot of history with the, the game and the Halo games in general, but um, like, I, I, I don't really agree. Like, oh, they removed, you know, this from the game. It's like, well, maybe they just didn't build it. And that, and I would, if you wanted to say, well, that was an oversight on their part, like a massive one. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's like, we can't sit here and be like, hey, they removed something from the game on purpose. I would probably, especially with the pattern we've seen with game developers of having to delay games because 
you know, for some reason they're not, they're not able to hit their deadlines, not able to, get, able to get the functionality they want. I would, I would probably more lean towards they just didn't build that functionality as opposed to they just straight up removed it. It, well, it seems, it seems more likely, right? That like, hey, we just didn't get to that or something versus some nefarious. We're trying to drive up player engagement. However, we're talking about the video game community here. Um, and they will always go to, you know, what is the big evil corporation doing to, you know, wrest away control of our lives and our, our dollars from us. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I want to point out, though, like considering, you know, what you've said, Peter, and what I've read on, on the subreddit, the the playlist selection is a pretty critical component of the previous games. It is kind of mind boggling that they didn't consider that to be a priority. I would agree with that statement, 100 percent. But I don't think. Like, I, I don't personally think, because it seemed the prevailing argument was, oh, they removed it. It's like, I don't think they so removed what, it. So they what just, you're saying is it's it's incompetence. Right. It's, so not, it's, it's straight uh, up incompetence. Malice. Right, exactly. Not what, malice, just incompetent. Can I throw a little wrinkle into that uh, Please theory? Please So one of the reasons that people weren't upset during the beta and did get really upset upon the full launch of the game was because our favorite people in the world data leakers, right? Data miners found some things. Love those guys. Sorry. And I'll, I'll, you know, this will take us into the discussion about the cosmetic store as well. The first thing that they were able to mine was how many cosmetic items were in the shop and how much that cost. And it was in the thousands of dollars and none of them were earnable. Well, to be clear, it was like $1,038 for everything. But on top of the cost of the battle pass, which I think was like four to, I mean, it was like three to $400 as well. I mean, it was, it gets up there. And the problem with that is that the miners also found an old version of the battle pass that was modified and changed right before the release of the game that removed several items from the battle pass and put those items into the cosmetic shop, which honestly, I get that sort of thing. You know, you're, you're making last minute changes to the game. That's fine. The problem is there was this event that happened surely after uh, the release of Halo Infinite. And it was an in-game event called Fractures of Tenrai. And this was a sort of seasonal holiday event. You know, think of you know, the Halloween event in Siege, think of, you know, the dawning in Destiny, you know, these holiday events that come around are there for a short time and leave. And this event came along and it had the very thing that all the players wanted, which was the ability to choose the exact game mode you wanted to play. And so then people started asking, well, wait a minute, are you, do you have the systems in place to you know, make playlists where we can just play Slayer. Is that in the base game already? Or is this something you guys still haven't developed? And that's when the infamous Sketch 7 post came along in which he just went off on all sorts of subjects. Right. And that post is several pages long or, yeah, it's it's probably close to a thousand words. Um, honest, this is probably going to be a controversial statement. I read that in its entirety and... Honestly, I didn't see why that post caused such a reaction other than because because to me, there are some valid arguments, right? And I don't want to get into it, especially around monetization. But like reading that post, I straight up think they didn't develop it. 
and like I was saying earlier, it was more of an oversight, less of a intentional thing. Uh, you know, having Slayer only playlists or selectable playlists, and I legitimately believe they were slapping it together so that they could give the player base what they were crying out for. Yeah, well, I mean, and this is uh, this gets to an interesting question because one of the big takeaways I had was that community managers kind of have this impossible role of oftentimes agreeing with a lot of the community requests, but being, you know, due to their contractual obligations, being put in a position where they have to, you know, back up company decisions and try to express to their higher ups that, hey, this system isn't quite working. We need to change this. And I do feel bad for Sketch because I think he got a lot of hate for his post. Yeah, and actually, I would like to take this moment to talk about that part of it because there was a real reason why the subreddit was locked down. So can can we like, like, what was the reason that was given by the month? Well, so they claimed that there were some very toxic things being thrown around, and that's true. There, I, you know, as I was watching this whole thing unravel, there were some really bad classic Reddit moments going on. People calling each other all sorts of names. You know, I'm sure there were some death threats sent, all sorts of really bad stuff, which, you know, is pretty bad, right? Pretty unacceptable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all because I want to play a very specific game mode in a video game. Well, but yeah, this is where I'll back up, you know, because I'm, I'm a diehard Halo fan. You know, I've been, this is the franchise I grew up with, and... Halo has one of the better communities out there. So I I do think it was just a few bad apples. And in terms of just like the population of the player base compared to just the population that's on Reddit, you know, the Reddit population is much smaller than the broader player base. But I, I don't think it's just as simple as saying like, it was only one thing or two things. It was the collective experience that everyone had with all of these different systems intertwining to make it a complete grind that really frustrated people because you know there's the history of halo and halo has always been about yeah we're going to give you all the customization you want you can play whatever game mode you want you have all these social features we just want you to have fun play with your friends and look cool doing it and that that was just missing i get you and i'm not saying that you know people who have been diehard halo fans have no reason to be upset i'm not saying that but i am saying that to go so far as to you know the links that were being gone to in the subreddit by some people i'm not saying everybody but some people there were death threats like that kind of thing like that's ridiculous like yeah like we can't like it's a video game like uh, you know most of these people are adults right because you'd have to be an adult now to have grown up with halo Right, we're not talking about twelve-year-olds here. You know, we were most of them were twelve-year-olds when Halo, you know, two or three came out. Right, so these are all adults now. Uh, There's no, there's no reason, there's no excuse. Like, you know, there's no reason for any of that. It's, it's a video game. Like, go like touch the grass or something. I don't know. Like, and that's where I'm suspicious that you know it's a lot of newcomers maybe to the franchise that were involved in that. I don't know because I know that you know. When I was a kid and I was playing some of the early Halos, I remember Halo being the good, nice community 
and you know stuff like modern warfare 2 is where everyone's you know <laughs> right. saying all these ridiculous curse words <laughs> in the lobbies right 13 year olds like you know telling yeah. you that they like had uh intimate relations with with your mother you know exactly like exactly and in halo it's like you would give a few bags maybe melee and then you'd be i mean let's let's not forget that teabagging came from halo so yeah but that's the thing of beauty because it's like there's an art to it that was established in halo again right. so it's but like, i think but i think this is the point i think this is the larger point right and this is coming from somebody who did not grow up with halo um you know i'd never i did not play the games until well after they had already gone through their like high high point right um i think the reason one of the reason people are so upset is because of that nostalgia right it's like it's like someone coming and uh, making a remake of your favorite movie or making an adaption of your favorite book and like doing it wrong or doing it not to your standards right that's that's what has happened here i think and and I, because my my overall take with all of this is this is the normal or close to normal i'm not saying all of it is because uh, i think the monetization part uh, that's a legitimate great but most of it in my opinion is a normal first launch of a new game growing into what it needs to be because i get the gripe about the the playlists i and i'm not saying there's not an argument there i get it but like we have seen a pattern of, of game developers not being able to reach the full functionality that the community wants across multiple games not not just this one and then in terms of the um the playlist uh, uh i'm sorry that not not that but in terms of like the um the monetization i think they just got over their skis on the monetization um they but, saw the golden goose that was there you know right which i get yeah they, they they thought they could capitalize on base like you know thou you know probably thousands of people maybe more uh you know Millions. wanting you know wanting to, to dive into this game because it's you know it's a nostalgia thing but i i but as coming again my I, my overall point is i feel like most of this is a normal you know experience for a new game to go through that's trying to be one of these you know multi-year you know destiny-ish you know Correct. rolling game Correct. i think this is normal it's just the yeah. reaction is outsized only because of all the nostalgia that all of the gamers have from the old hit yeah so that's that's the thing right like everybody is used to or sorry the the <clears throat> the video game industry has moved on from highly polished triple a launches that are really well done out of the gate to we're going to get something in people's hands and we're going to make it better we're going to make it better we're going to make it better over time but the communities haven't like moved on to that yet it's like they still expect every time it's going to be the thing of their dreams right when it first lands and it never is and nobody seems to be able to kind of reckon with that say especially halo communities case because bar was so high to begin with well, but I, I'll, I'll, and this is where, you know, I've had mixed feelings on the launch because I, I honestly feel like that bar has been partially met because yes, there's all these issues with multiplayer, but I'm now on my fourth playthrough of the campaign that this is going down as one of the most polished, most fun, most dynamic, most groundbreaking Halo campaigns ever. It is truly, truly, you know, top of the line first gen like it is groundbreaking in every possible way and so that's where it's so it's so confusing because 
there's also all these articles that came out talking about how Halo Infinite was in development hell. You know, it took seven years for the game to get off the ground and get, you know, to its release date. And it's just this weird concoction of, well, all these things are extremely polished. The campaign's polished. The gameplay's polished. But then, you know, there's all these decisions that I feel like were made that are the things that have really pissed people off. And it's not necessarily that it's lacking polish. More so, it's just the decision-making and just the thought process behind, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. And they took a risk. Maybe it was, you know, malicious. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just incompetence. But regardless, you know, I think the community did have some, you know, ground to stand on in complaining about, you know, changing a formula that's 20 years running. I think it's fine to complain, right? Um, I feel like what happened, and I was an observer from afar, but I feel like what happened goes a little bit beyond complaining, right? Um, but I think it's fine to complain. Like that is like your users, your customers, whatever it is, holding you accountable is what makes you better. And that's yeah. cool. But there is, in my view, just rampant, rampant entitlement among like the 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 communities that play these games like it's real bad and a lot of these and i get that most people just don't the perspective is a little bit wrong but whatever but a lot of the people that play these games that complain the hardest especially about things like microtransactions and cosmetic stores and things like that they i think forget often that these are businesses who are trying to make a profit yeah. um and they don't really make a lot of room for that. I like one time had a guy tell me on Reddit that Bungie was, and I quote, morally bankrupt for charging for cosmetics in their video game. Morally bankrupt. Yeah. Well, it, and this because it's, it's, it's illegal into, to make a profit. But this gets into a great question because is there a line that we? as like the broader industry need to draw between like, yeah, you can have microtransactions and cosmetics, but there's what a line. Is, no, there's a is, line. And it, the and line is what the market will bear. That's the line. Right. But, like, well, and I think because, I, because I, that's frustrating then because, you know, I I've witnessed Halo Infinite's launch and the cosmetic store being launched. And I, I get the sense, and I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I don't think the store prices are going to change anytime. They right may not, now, and it could be because they're getting the results that they want out of the store. And, and that's when I say when the market will bear what the market will bear is the line. It may not be what the vocal minority of the player base wants, but ultimately there is a formula that exists behind these microtransaction stores where they think if they can sell at this price point to this many people, they're achieving their goals. And they're, and if that's happening, they're not going to lower the prices regardless of how many people are complaining. The reason the prices are where they are is because people are willing to pay them. But that's, and that's the, that's the issue is that it's not a vocal minority who have issues with the cosmetics. It's flipped. It's the vast majority are saying, yeah, Paying $15 to get the color red on my Spartan when that's been free in every game for 20 years is a little I'm bit frustrating, is a little bit frustrating, but then, you know, some guy or some lady who's playing the game is spending, you know, 200 bucks to get every single cosmetic 
that's launched from the game so far. And that, you know, completely negates if there's, you know, 50 people who don't buy those cosmetics. So it's like, there's this imbalance that I think is kind of happening in the industry. I'm going to disagree with you. I do not think that what you are seeing is the vast majority of players complaining about the price. I think you are seeing the vocal minority of players complaining about the price, especially if it's on Reddit. The Reddit community for a game is always a very small section of people who actually play that game. Um, And they are very vocal, and that's totally fine. But I just feel like like business 101 is... If the, your target customer is not buying the thing, your price is off. You've got to fix it. Or you've got to make it more valuable somehow or another. The reason those prices aren't changing is because enough people are buying them. They're happy with it. And that means but, that it's probably a minority of people complaining. We'll see. We'll but, see I it, also, but I've also been playing the game nonstop. I see how the community talks to each other. I see what literally other Spartans have equipped. And by far and away, you know, you still see most people not, you know, having that many in-shop cosmetics the only thing that i've seen people buy a ton of in recent memory from halo infinite is the cheap cat ears you could get on your spartan everyone's rocking that but there's things that you know are there in the store that no one's buying i don't see anyone rocking it i don't see anyone using these things most people have the default colors and it's it's just kind of this weird situation where you know, my gut sense as a longtime Halo player is that most of the community, in fact, like shames people who have like, you know, these, you know, $25 armor sets from the store. And you can see it in lobbies. You can see it in the Reddit. You can see it everywhere. People are like, yeah, you didn't fucking earn that. You're not a Halo player. So Boo-hoo. The, good, the good news is, right, if that is truly the case, like if it is to that degree where the majority of players are not doing that, they will change the prices because they, they want to sell stuff, right? Correct. So what, it's what, better to sell sales goals. They have sales goals right. for their store, and, and it's not about not, what, what if, it's not about if, profits. It's about it's about number of transactions. A lot of the sales goals has to do with number of transactions, not necessarily the amount, right? So if they're not hitting this, those if goals, if this is the top, if this is the most played game right now, and even if like. 25% of the community is buying cosmetics. The price of the cosmetics is so expensive. I can't imagine that they're not making a killing. I mean, you can't have it both ways, Peter. It can't be the majority of the player base isn't doing it and and or and also enough of the player base is doing it to make it. But make that's sense. but that's but the cosmetics are so expensive and the battle pass. I really I honestly don't think they're like it's I don't think they're I think they are more expensive than like Bungie, for example uh you know slightly but only slightly i think they're only slightly more expensive than what bungie does but you know the difference between halo and bungie is and this is the key difference and i think this is the major misstep that they made with with the monetization bungie allows you to earn in-game currency and in-game ornaments they allow you to earn your own stuff that that, there's the rub right Right. there right i do believe i do believe that cosmetics should have a mix of things that are earnable in-game and things that can be purchased through microtransactions. I think that if you want to use microtransactions to speed up your acquisition of something, totally fine. I also think it's totally fine if there are certain things that are hidden behind actual real dollar currency. But I do think that there has to be a reasonable balance of 
you know, hey, you can go earn this in the game or you can earn a currency in the game so that you can go buy this thing for that in-game currency. If that doesn't exist, yeah, that's going to be a problem. I'm like not surprised people are bent out of shape about that. But in general, I think that, you know, it's fine to charge for cosmetics. And I think most people, the like the most of the, the majority of the vocal minority really, really disagree with that. I think it's totally fine. But I do agree, G, that like, you, you got to have some mix of something you can earn in game versus something that you can pay money for. If you want to split the difference, if you want to only ever buy things that you can earn in game, that's cool with me. If you want to spend a lot of money to buy things so that you don't have to spend the time to earn them in game, or you want to get the things that are locked behind real dollars only also fine with me, but there should be a mix. Yeah. And I think this is the real reason why there's such an outcry on the monetization, because I think the prices are slight, more than what you would normally see i'll give it for instance um i recently bought the phoenix protocol uh exotic everything's hot when i'm on my warlock with my uh year two iron banner ornaments i am the sexiest thing in that instance 100 with that ornament anyway that's beside the point it cost me ten dollars to get that ornament right because of the silver i had to buy okay and then when i'm looking and and peter provided a very good reddit post of somebody who broke this down i'm looking at the equivalent sort of like sort of thing and there is a ten dollar range where it's it's basically either uh, an armor part or an armor coating or a skin on weapons and something like that which is an equivalent sort of but that's ornament. that's where that's where i would slightly give a little bit of a zag because again it's like in destiny you know there's so many different cosmetic options right you have you can change the color of your character. You can change all the different pieces. Um, you know, <clears throat> you can also change so many different aspects of your character's customization. Halo Infinite's taken a very different approach to that. And I'm going to take a second to kind of explain some of the things that they've done that kind of just, again, raise my concerns. You know, before you I, before you do that though, one one minor point, like G went and bought that Phoenix Protocol ornament, which is awesome because he wanted to look sexy and get. Don't get me wrong, that thing is sexy. Um, you could have waited too. It's going to be I for breakfast. You right. didn't have to spend money on it. You had that choice, and but I, I had that's important. And you don't have that choice in Halo, right? And that and that I is totally a great, agree. And that's why I think great people point. are. It's reasonable for people to be bent out of shape about cosmetics because there is no path to earning them in game. Right. I think it's fine if some are not earnable in game. Anyway, we've like, that, that's a dead horse at this point. Peter, well, go ahead. Yeah. So, well, so this is where I'm going to kind of connect some of the broader, you know, things that we've talked about, because when you take the cosmetic system, when you take the battle pass system, when you take the playlist systems and you kind of intertwine all those, you look at the whole picture. Um, it just, it looks like they want a little bit overboard. And let me let me just explain some of that. You know, in in other games out there, you know, you can spend five dollars, ten dollars, and usually you get, you know, a decent cosmetic. At least that's what it is in today's day and age, you know, in the past two years. Right now in Halo Infinite, it's, you know, those costs are high for simple things like the color blue, right? The color red. And they have these different colors that they sell in the store that are almost nearly identical to the free colors that they provide you. They provide you like six 
base free colors. So the options that they're providing are only slightly different than like the few options that you get. They're charging $10 for it. They're charging more for it. Some of the options that they are providing that are more meaningful, bigger cosmetic purchases are more in the lines of $20. And the thing that kind of blows my mind is just the evolution of the Halo franchise when it comes to cosmetics. And this gets into a broader discussion about the industry because my fear is that, you know, we're kind of like the frog in boiling water, which is we've let, you know, we've seen all of these changes, these evolutions in how games are priced, how games, you know, sell items in their stores, microtransactions, loot boxes. We've seen all these things occur over the 10 year period, 15 year period, et cetera. And when I think back to the evolution of Halo, you know, it's right there with all of those changes. Halo 5 introduced loot boxes to the Halo franchise and it was a nightmare. You know, um, Halo Infinite's now has this massive system of, you know, in-game purchases and they designed the multiplayer game around pressuring you to buy things. And my question is like, what, you know, is it just that, you know, the market will dictate when's too much or are we just, you know, gonna further increase prices and, you know, not to make a pun there, but infinitely, right? <laughs> I, I really feel like it is. I mean, the market is going to, the market is going to show where the line is drawn. Right. And the reason that I think that, and I feel pretty confident in saying that is because these games or sorry, these companies that put these games out, they put them out with revenue goals in mind, right? Like they are businesses and they either have to report to their shareholders or they have to report to their, like, you know, their, their parent companies or whatever it is. Um, and so when they're creating these games, they're creating with revenue goals in mind. Part of that revenue is going to be the sale of the game. Part of that revenue is going to be, you know, expansions. Part of that revenue is going to be season passes. And part of that revenue is going to be cosmetics, like plain and simple. And if they are not selling enough cosmetics because their prices are too high, they don't really have much of a choice but to either A, lower the price of those cosmetics or B, increase the value of those cosmetics so that people are willing to pay for them. If they don't do one of those two things, they will not hit their revenue projections. And that, that usually is bad news for a business, right? And so I feel like, Peter, come back to your question, I do think the market will draw that line um, on, on what is too much. I do not think that you will see a scenario where prices just keep going up and up and up unless players are willing to pay them. And if they are, then they will. And I think so, to so join with I, that, sorry, sorry, Peter, to join with that, I think the outcry about, especially like there was one really good point in one of those posts where it says, how is it not a thing that you don't earn some sort of armor skin or color from finishing the campaign? Like, I think those critiques are valid. Like you should be able to earn totally. cosmetics from completing Make things. Make the player the feel accomplished. Right. Yes. So I think that feedback joined with uh, Justin's point on the um on how the market will draw the line both of those things will cause a change in this game because if if you're right peter and most of the player base isn't spending the money on on these two pricey cosmetics it will bear out the only problem is it will take time to bear that out because you know 
they have to they're gonna wait and see what happens so i i have two kind of concluding thoughts on this the first is i will never forget um about a year ago when they released a now deleted vid doc on the development of halo infinite and in that vid doc there were several developers talking about what they envisioned for the customization systems of halo infinite and they made a lot of promises that this was going to have tons of free earnable in-game cosmetics that you know they were all going to be um oh what's the word modular right and that's been deleted and all of those things that they showed in that vid doc are just not in the game anymore. They completely changed those systems. So it, that it, was a year ago when they were initially planning on releasing the game. So my one of my big concerns is that, you know, uh, the video game industry has sort of become this massive cash cow, right? Because it is, in terms of revenue, I mean, it dwarfs now, you know, the movie industry, the music industry, sports industry. It is the dominant, you know. Maybe not the NFL, but. Oh no. Oh, it, it, it by far and away shows up the NFL by like billions of dollars. It's crazy. And, um, you know, my fear is that there are a lot of companies that have this sort of rift within them, which is a tale as old as time between the guys who are trying to make meaningful increases in revenue, and the guys who are trying to make a meaningful gameplay experience. And that leads me to the question, well, which side is, is there balance and which side is kind of winning? And I'm going to bring up a controversial game right now. And that is Madden, you know, RIP John Madden. He just passed away. Legend. Madden is a series that now for three years straight has released borderline the same exact game with loot boxes, with massive, and I'm talking massive critical and, you know, audience, you know, absolute review bombing saying this is the worst game you know game series ever right now and yet they're still able to make ridiculous amount of money and they're still able to continue to pump out the same sort of systems and products without needing to change anything and it just begs me like you know what exactly how like how does a community say you know no because i don't remember a time when a community has really successfully created massive changes to a game's systems on that sort of scale okay i have five i had four i started with three then i went to four and i have five things to unpack with everything you just said uh, <laughs> all right but let me start at the top okay so I, i'll start in reverse order actually because i don't remember the first three all right i would disagree with your last point which is when has a community caused a massive change in a game system? I will point to Destiny's 2's uh, ill-advised decision to sunset weapons, right? Yes. We reversed that decision. But I think mean, about how crazy that, that it was. Right. But, I mean, there were no locking of the red at do through death threats. That didn't occur. Correct. Um, so I will point that out. But, yeah, the community went bonkers over that, as rightly they should, because sunsetting was a terrible idea. And Bungie listened and reversed it. So that's 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 point one. I think it, the communities of these games do have the power with 
and this is my second point when paired with a, 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 you know, good game developer, I think we can all agree maybe not, but I think we can all agree EA bad game developer. Okay. They're, they're so <laughs> they, I don't get me started. Right. And Bungie's well, a great one. Bungie's, Bungie's, a, Bungie's a good one. And you know, historically three, four, three industries, you know, which was part of the whole Microsoft and Bungie collective back when Halo was being done was part of that great game developer. So Correct. I would say in this case, I'm not saying you have no unfounded fear just based on the, what EA is able to do. Um, and let's be honest, Madden peaked in 2006. Uh, there you go. There you go. But uh, like, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't punt on 343 until we've had more time to see what they're going to do. Right. Correct. I think they have, based on you know the the posts that I've read, I think they they, they I mean they introduced the Slayer playlist you know two weeks afterwards. Like I think they are Correct. listening to community. It may not be at the speed that everybody wants, and you know that's always going to be the case with with game developers trying to react to what the community wants. Um, so I I just I just adopt a, a hopeful wait and see attitude when it comes to that. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And then uh, just on the monetization, I think monetization is really where they misstepped. Like I, if I, looking at everything, I think that's the one area that they actually really did misstep. And I think you made a good point about you know the balance between the people who are looking at the dollar, the bottom dollar, and the people who are trying to make a good game. I think in that respect, the bottom dollar people won. They pushed the monetization probably a little harder than there yeah. was appetite for. Right. Well, and. and- it's easy to misstep on monetization because that is the third rail of video games, right? Yeah. Like yeah. very difficult to get it right. And like, let's be clear, you're probably not actually going to get it right unless you give everything away for free. Um, like nobody's ever going to be happy because Correct. there are people who believe that if you charge for cosmetics, you're morally bankrupt as a corporation. Yeah, guys who um, can't live in the gray lines of society, you know, who just yeah, think but black like and white. in general, it's the third rail. Like that is like, it's super difficult to get right. Um, and so of course that's the thing they like, you could get everything else right and get that wrong. And you're still going to have a really unhappy player base. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great point. And that's where, you know, since the, you know, infamous lockdown, um, I have seen some great things of optimism coming from the developers at three, four, three, you know, they have made playlist changes, which made a world of difference. They changed the challenge system. They gave you free XP after every match. You know, they are making strides in the right direction. And that gives me a lot of, you know, I don't know, obviously like hope, you know, for the future of the game, because I think this is sort of the platform uh, for the future of the Halo franchise. It is a fascinating question that we probably don't have time to get into, but like you're a, you know, fairly revered studio you're you're building the next version of a very revered game how do you get that many things wrong yeah (laughs) i think there is a like there is a certain scale of incompetence at play yeah like i get i get not getting the monetization thing right because sometimes peter to your point people who are disconnected from the actual game are the people who are making that decision yeah but like the other sort of fundamental uh, like gameplay issues. So the lack of selectable playlists, the, you know, how grindy it is and maybe grindy was also had to be done quote unquote, had to be done for engagement statistics. I don't know, but I mean, if we take on its face that, that G's assumption is correct, that it's incompetence here and not, you know, some kind of 
malicious intent. Gosh, that's a lot of things to get wrong. Like, how do you get that yeah. many things wrong? <laughs> yeah, I well, agree. that's the crazy I, part, you know. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, um, in Sketch's infamous post, he said a specific line that was like, hey, guys, servers cost money. Yeah, guess right? what? That's not anyone's problem but theirs. But but the thing that cracked me up was as soon as he said that, the servers for Halo Infinite have had a host of issues <laughs> since he said that. I mean, I mean, that's that's just poetic justice. But it's, like at the end of the day, if somebody's complaining about how your game runs, like it's laggy, it's glitchy, whatever, mm -hmm. so, you're going to make a comment of servers cost money. That is not yeah. like that's your problem. Right. That's I agree with problem. I agree with that. And and let me make a point uh, about the getting it wrong. You know, speaking as somebody, I I you know. I'm a software developer for a living, not a game developer, but you know, I develop software for a living. It is entirely possible for teams of engineers to get stuck into a mindset of, okay, we're going to build this thing. Everybody's going to love it. We, you know, we ever, it's the group think, right? The group think the group here thinks that this is going to work totally. and everybody's yeah, going to like, love it. And then you get yeah, it out that's to the, the fatal, and you can play the test flaw of product management, right? right? Like did you do the sort of the inside out instead of the outside in? Right. And you even like user test it. And, you know, they're part of the group as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's entirely possible to do that. Now, for them to do it in so many areas is a bit unprecedented, but I can totally see how this could have occurred. Now, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I want to I want to bring us to a close here. So I, what I want to do is kind of recap person like I'm going to recap where I land on this. And, and Justin, I would like for you to do the same and, and Peter as well. I think where I land on this is they misstep for sure in a few curious. I would point to the lack of the player selection and the monetization and, and specifically no way to er, earn free cosmetics as the major pain points that I think they they had serious missteps on. But as Peter, you yourself admitted, and as I experienced, the gameplay is amazing. Like, yes. like the gameplay is really good. And I haven't played the campaign, but you're playing it for the fourth time and you're saying it's unprecedented. Like for to me, those two issues, while sh they should be complained about and should be brought up as things to be addressed, those should just be jettisoned out the airlock because those two things are so hard to get right about games. I mean, look at Cyberpunk. Look Correct. at there's so many games. Uh, Anthem, right? Like it's so hard to get things like that right. And they got the, the what I would say probably the most important thing about the game right, which is the actual campaign, the actual multiplayer ca uh, gameplay. So to me, it's like the reaction is outsized. There are legitimate core issues that should be addressed that are at the root of this. And I, and I think those should be addressed and should be complained about, but the reaction is outsized for what the game is. And I think the reason I have that perspective is because I'm not a long time Halo player. Um, Justin, and, no, go ahead, yeah. Peter. Sorry. I'll no, let you, Justin, I'll, you want to, Justin, yeah, you want to go, go Then Peter can, can wrap us up. I mean, I think like, I think a few things first on the microtransactions monetization thing it's it, a clear misstep to not give people an ability to earn something in game now maybe maybe not give them the ability to earn everything in game but to earn something in game to me that just sounds like peter what you said earlier somebody disconnected from the actual game who's looking at some numbers in a spreadsheet and they decided you know these things needed to work this way um the rest of it seems to me like people who really know how to build a video game and build it really, really well, who lost sight of their customer. Like that's what it feels like to me. Um, and maybe it is, um, you know, G what you said, maybe it is a little bit of group thing. Maybe it is a little bit of like outside in product management versus or uh, inside out product management versus outside in product management. I don't know, but they very clearly lost a sense 
of who their customer was and what their customer expected. Um, but they still managed to build a great game because that's what they do. They just, all of the things that they put around it that let the player interact and experience it, they lost sight of, of who they were building that for. Yeah. And, and to kind of cap this off, um, you know, I think one of the big mistakes of, uh, you know, a lot of players and especially, you know, Reddit players is that, you know, we kind of make assumptions about what goes on behind closed doors. And one of the most least talked about things is the fact that several articles came out talking about just what an absolute development hell Halo Infinite went through to get released. And that included having, I think, a few dozen different leads, which is crazy. Um, and so, you know, I am optimistic because I think the hardest two things to get right, they got right. You know, where the story left off was tricky and they nailed it. God, that campaign is awesome. And gameplay, you know, Halo needs to have the best gameplay in the industry. And my God, they nailed it. And so a lot of these other subsystems that people had complaints about, yeah, there's issues. Yeah, I think it's okay to talk about them in respectful ways. But, you know, I do get a sense that a lot of Halo players did lose, you know, a broader sense of, you know, where the overall franchise is headed. And that's in a great direction. And, you know, I think the, you know, steps forward are to just, you know, continue to say like, hey, there's room to improve. Here's how we can improve. But also, you know, it's the holidays. I'm feeling holly and jolly. You know, thank you, 343. You know, I don't, I don't think <laughs> enough Halo players have thanked 343 for creating what is possibly my, my favorite game and experience of the year. Well, I'm if glad you're enjoying it so much, and I'm glad to hear that, I mean, at least according to you, it seems like they are maybe not fixed, but pointed in largely the right direction. Correct. You know, and that's that's where having a development lead, you know, having the head guy get fired or changed, you know, 40-something <laughs> times probably doesn't help, you know, yeah. make some of those decisions. Yeah, yeah sure but, 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 you know, you just have to see what happens, like, you know. Yeah. See, time will tell, you know, how they react and, and how, where the game ends up. Um, but boys, we did it. We recapped the Halo controversy. I think, I think we touched everything. Uh, you know, I, I feel good about, about uh, the discussion. Um, so that's going to be I'm it. I'm going to have to go play the game now. Right. Yeah. I've, time, I've played it I'm like waiting. a few times, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm down. I, I haven't played. I'm going to wait. So they didn't, they're launching co-op next year, right? Uh, like a, uh, they're launching co-op in like a month and a half, I believe. Oh, there's no co-op campaign. Yeah, I'm gonna wait. So, <laughs> so there were some missing features at launch, but again, they're taking the big small boys. I'm gonna, three, I'm four, three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my <laughs> But yeah. again, you know, they released it as a work in progress, and yeah. I think it's important right. to keep that in mind. I am hundred percent. Right, well, you're gonna take me through the campaign when co-op comes out. Then I got you. I'm 100% waiting for co-op uh, to play yeah. the campaign. Uh, the three of us will play through it. We'll report back. Yeah. There you go. Can you? It's two-player. It's co-op. It's two-player, right? Okay. Is it two-player? It's up to four. Oh. Up to four, boys. Less. 
Bless. All right, we need a fourth, but yeah, let, let's get it. We'll find a fourth. We'll have a guest. We can have a guest. A guest. That's great. There you great go. Idea. On the podcast. Yeah, we'll have a. Well, yeah, that's what we should do. We should we should have an episode just on the co-op campaign. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or just a you know a uh, in a few months, just come back and just touch back on the topic and just say, all right. Well, we do both, right? Recap the campaign. Yeah, and, recap and our playthrough. Recap where it is now. Yeah, that'd be great. That's a good Sounds idea. great. Just generating all kinds of great ideas. All right, boys. So. Let's wrap it up. We got places to be, specifically in Master Vogue. I think Justin has to eat dinner um, because he's delayed us for some reason by 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, all right, so real quick, next next episode, which I hope we'll do next week or maybe the week after, is uh, another movie I'm choosing this time. I've decided my my whole goal with this whole movie thing is to watch movies I've never seen before. So this one in the spirit of the holidays, which are just leaving us, but we have just enough Christmas spirit to get us to here, which it will be the classic movie Christmas Vacation. Oh, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so good. Justin's very excited. Uh, I have not I, I've not been more excited in a while. <laughs> so I have to watch it. I have I I again I have not watched it. I'm gonna have to watch it. Uh, but yeah, hopefully next week or the week after we'll get to that and yeah, it'll be good. I'll make sure Gentlemen. to carry my holly jolly Christmas spirit through yeah, January. We'll need it, we'll need it, we'll need it. All right. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Until next time. Good night, guys. Peace.